Welcome back to the 20 Under 20s podcast, where we interview the teenagers of Generation Z who are making a huge impact in business. And once I learned that, that like, I'm going to fail and I'm going to continue to fail. And as long as I'm learning from those failures, it's only going to further me in this journey that I'm trying to, this level I'm trying to get to, right? And once I kind of looked at failure as just an everyday occurrence, I really started having more success in things other than just skateboarding. Well, first off, I'm joined with Mikey Taylor. Um, We were just on Instagram. We had a pretty great quick Instagram live, but super excited for this Facebook interview. Um, I met Mikey, I feel like under a week ago. It feels like it's been way longer than that, but Mikey's a great guy. So for, like I said on the Instagram, the five people who are going to watch this that don't know you, can you give your quick (laughs) intro? Yeah, for the for the five that don't know me, uh, I my name is Mikey Taylor. I'm a professional skateboarder, and I've been pro for about the last 15 years. Throughout my journey, I uh, started getting really into kind of brand building and and wanting to start my own companies, and started doing it about I don't know eight years ago, and learned a lot of things along the way. Have had some really good successes, uh, a lot of big uh, learning, a lot yeah. of a lot of failures that turned into learning experiences. And uh, now I'm here still learning and still growing and just trying to do some cool stuff, man. So you start skateboarding at what, 15 or 16 is when you really got into it. What was the backstory there? I started a little bit earlier than that. I started when I was, I was 13 and it was like as simple as like, I saw my friend, my friend got a skateboard and I just wanted to fit in and be cool. Yep. So I got one too. It was, it was real, like there was nothing really planned to it. And I started doing it and it was the first thing that kind of, kind of just took over. Right. It was like, I had been into things before, but it was like just more like hobbies. And it was the first thing where I was like, just like obsessed with it. Totally. And, and, and I think it was like, you know, I had like tried doing sports and never really connected with sports, um, at, at that age. And, uh, there was something about like skating being so like personable and like this, like, I was competing against myself and doing it really the way I wanted to do it. And there was no real like rules or guidelines to it. And totally. that's what like originally just kind of grabbed me with it, you know? So I just yeah. started skating and uh, it just turned into this thing where like, it's just all I wanted to do and just wanted to get better and, and so on and so forth, you know? And tell me a little bit like what it was like with your parents. Like they weren't really too sure when you were like, Hey, I want to go all in on this. And they were like, you got to find a sponsor. So <laughs> if you could talk a little bit about that experience, first off, trying to convince your parents, but also what the experience was like trying to find sponsors and that whole journey. So when I started skating, skating was real small. It was like at the point of me starting skating, I had a whole group of friends who like whose parents wouldn't let them hang out with me anymore because I was skating. It was like such this like, yeah, skating just had this like real raw, if you were a skater, you were just like into some shit, right? Yeah. And so my parents like weren't weren't so like on me about that. And they were okay in the beginning when I was doing it, but like, you know, 16, 17, then they like started getting some concerns, right? Like they were like, look, hey, this is cool that you're into this, but like you need to get a job, you need to make some money. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I really just want to skate. And I and I tried to figure out a way. Like I started thinking, I was like, okay, if I could get a job, what do I have to pay for? Right? Skateboards, shoes, clothes, and food. So I was like, told my mom, like, hey, what if I get sponsored? I get shoes, clothes, skateboards for free. I'll have extras to sell to pay for food. I'm yeah. good, you know. And I think they were like, 
yeah, there's no way you're going to get sponsored. Okay, go ahead. And so basically I convinced like the kid in our neighborhood who had a camera to film me. Um, and I spent the next six months with him filming like a sponsor me tape. And, and at this point it was just magazines to, to basically get in contact with companies and you couldn't even get in contact with them. You could just get an address. So I wrote down the address, like 40 companies and I sent a VHS tape out to all these companies. Right. And, uh, no one called me back. <laughs> so I was like, okay, crap, it wasn't good enough. So I told the kid who filmed me, we, we had to do it again. I just like need to be better and, and work harder and made a second tape, uh, did the same exact thing. And, uh, this time I got some calls back and, you know, I got a shoe sponsor, a clothing sponsor, a skate sponsor, and it kind of all worked out. Right. And then that lasted for about a year. And, uh, then it, it came time to me graduating high school. And that's when my parents were like, okay, you kind of rigged the system for a little, now you need to like quit and go to school, you know? <laughs> so basically at that point, I, I kind of just thought like, you know, I, I've been given this opportunity to like do what you love and, uh, really travel the world and get outside of like my little nest. So I basically asked if I could get my sponsors to pay me, if I could kind of take two years off of school and if kind of whatever, it didn't work out, I could just go back to school. And they kind of were concerned, but let me do it. And then at that point, that following year, skating just like blew up took off. and yeah, then it just, it just, it just took off, man. So so then it just was like, okay, maybe like I could do something with this. And then I just started looking at it a little bit differently. Then it was like, okay, how far can I take this? And, and still knowing that there's not a, a long lifespan in it. And then it just became like this race against the clock on how to basically build myself with it. And maximize um, it while you had the ability and people knowing who you were. Yeah. And that was basically that, that was, that's been the last, you know, 14 years of my life. Which is crazy. <laughs> and something yeah. we briefly talked about on Instagram was you sort of with the skateboarding, then moving into the business space. So if you could talk about real quick, like first off, how you got involved in like beer brewery and all that kind of stuff and the entrepreneurial ventures that you've started to get involved in. So I didn't, I didn't, I, I stopped at high school, right? I graduated yeah. high school. I didn't go to school. I didn't know a lot. Uh, I didn't even know how, how you even start a business, right? But what I had was a team of people just because I was making, I was making a good amount of money. And um, from a young age, I, I had a good team behind me. I had a financial advisor. I had a business manager. People there to help you. Yeah. So basically, that's how I got into it, where I was like, look, I want to do this. I don't know. I need you guys to basically walk me through setting it up, basically everything to the point of like, okay, now you got to do it, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and that's, that's really like how it got, that's how I got started in it. 2011 is when I started and I've done about seven companies uh, in that time. And it's crazy. Not, not all of them worked. You know, I have, I have, I've had a few fail that were like so valuable in, in what you learn dur during failure. It's something that you never forget. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's, uh, it's just kind of helped me continue to grow in this, uh, this new kind of lane, you know? So do you think that some of the experiences, like we had discussed over the phone, how like skateboarding is all 200 tries for one success and it's a bunch of failure carried over to entrepreneurship where it just lost, 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 one win, lost, 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 win. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, I, I think like, I mean, dude, I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Like, right. Why is like some kid who rode a skateboard that 
didn't go past high school able to succeed in a space where where very smart people are in right and and for me like i, I it's come down to like i don't, i think i do have really good common sense right and i think like uh i'm really good at really knowing myself i feel like i know what my strengths are i know what my weaknesses are and i focus on my strengths and the things i'm not good at i put a team in in place to help me get through that and i've always been this like believer in strength in numbers right 100%. so like i think that helped and i think like through skateboarding knowing or learning that like failure doesn't mean uh the end failure is just part of the process for you to get to where you want to go right and once i learned that that like i'm gonna fail and i'm gonna continue to fail and as long as i'm learning from those failures it's only going to further me in this journey that i'm trying to this level i'm trying to get to right and once i kind of looked at failure as just an everyday occurrence I think that's when it really started. I really started having more success in things other than just skateboarding. Yeah. So can you run through what the whole experience of starting the brewery was like, like how you guys started it, where you started the whole company, how you came up with the idea, just the whole beginning of that. Cause it's so interesting going from that to doing a beer and brewery comp- company to selling that. Like what was that whole sure. process? So dude, it's a pretty funny story. So at this point, so Josh, who was my, uh, we started it and, and Paul Rodriguez, that's three. So it was all skateboarders that started it. Josh was a film, a surf filmmaker. Huh. Um, that's super cool. And then, and then he moved from, uh, filmmaking to management. He was managing, uh, me as a skateboarder. Huh. Right. But before that transition, kind of as that transition was happening, he wanted to do a skate film. So we were going to go shoot a video in San Diego together and he, he didn't know anything about skating. So like, it was kind of this like, Hey man, I'll help you do it. Like, let's just do something cool. And, uh, and I got a call from uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Mo, who was starting a sunglass company, which is glassy. It's, it's around now. It's like, it's really cool. So I get a call from Mike Mo and he's like, Hey, I want to start a glass company, like an eyewear company. You want to do it with me? And, uh, I was like, I'm in the middle of skating. I'll call you back. Right. So like I hang up. And I'm, I'm out filming with Josh and, uh, I told him like, Hey man, uh, I got a call about doing like the sunglass company. What do you think about it? And, uh, he was like, you know, it's really cool. Like sunglasses are cool, but like there's already sunglass companies in skating and in surfing. Like it'd be so cool to do something like that. No one's done in our yeah. world. Right. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's a totally, that's a, that's a good idea. And we just kind of talked and thought really kind of didn't, it didn't go anywhere else other than that. And so we get to the hotel room, we're like talking and then we're sharing a room. So we're just like, all right, man, well, whatever, let's go to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. He's like, all right, cool. So click off the lights. And like two minutes later, he goes like beer, like beer would be cool. Right. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And I click on the lights and I'm like, holy crap. A beer would be insane. (laughs) Yeah. Like we should totally do that to like. Seriously, we drove home the next day, just like abandoned the film. <laughs> and, and it was just like, we're going beer? Yeah, and we drove home. And, and you know, at that point, Paul, who was a pro skateboarder, he was the only one that we knew who was starting companies. Yeah. Right? And so Josh was like, hey, dude, you got to call Paul. Like, let's get him in on this. We'll do this together. And I was like, all right, cool. So I called Paul, and we kind of told him what, what we were doing. We, we didn't have much game plan at this point, right? And so he's like, yeah, let's do this. Like, this will be cool. Yeah. And so we spent the next year uh, kind of figuring out what that meant. In, in the beginning, we're thinking about just doing like a contract 
brew where like yeah. a brewery makes our beer for us and, so and we just worry like, about yeah we just worry about basically marketing and sales so they license right? it out to you pretty much exactly and so we spend a lot of time kind of driving other breweries and and really starting to understand the space and we got to this point where like if you were going to contract brew with somebody it, you were going to get to a point where you had to do your own brewery like there was no way in our eyes to just like succeed off of that model. scale that up yeah yeah so we basically were like shit dude we got to do we just got to do our own brewery we didn't have enough money to do it so yeah. uh so we what's like a typical if you're a successful skater like what's the typical amount of money people are making is it like i know you said only like 10 people the most, making it. the most successful or like a uh, average of the i guess both let's say both the most successful skateboarder um is probably making a, f- a few million a year three million a year yeah for number one number 10 so the number 10 most successful skateboarder maybe just under a million maybe eight hundred thousand, and then the other 90 percent under 100 grand so it's a huge drop off right there huge drop off yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. crazy yeah so and then it's like dude it sounds i mean dude it sounds like insane right 800 grand but then you're like okay 800 grand after taxes is foreign change and travel and uh, and then i i only have a lifespan of 35 years instead of 65 now that's dropped in half and then life it's just it, it's crazy it, it goes quick yeah <laughs> it's not like i'm set forever so uh, i mean you guys like, had to raise it, so we had to raise money and uh it was like even with that we had never done that before so in that instance we relied on my financial uh manager and business manager to, to help us get everything in order to be able to raise money like we didn't know anything about an operating agreement we didn't know anything about a pp we didn't know anything right yeah so 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 fortunate fortunately we had we were able to use my guys to help set this up for us and get us to the point where we were even going to try to raise money and dude we didn't even know if we could do it like yeah. we were we had two plans of you know we needed like you know, two and a half million dollars. And, uh, and then we had another plan. If we didn't raise two, we, we only could raise like a little bit over a million. There were just different sizes that we were going to do a smaller, uh, system. Yeah. Right. Totally. So, uh, so yeah, dude. So we started with like family and friends. It, it's funny, man. Like now you hear this like common story through, through people starting companies, when you don't know people and you don't really have a network, you start with your family, you start with your friends, anyone that'll give you money, 100%. you know? And so me, Paul and Josh, just like, we're like, Hey dude, who do we know? And and we put together a list. We can hit up this. How much do we think we can get from them and tried to get to $2 million, you know? And that was just all you wanted to do right there. Whoever we can do to get to $2 million period. End of story. Yeah. That dude, at that point, it was like you, I mean, dude, it was like, yeah, who can we get? Who can we get money from? Exactly. Yeah. So That's crazy. So you raised yeah. eventually between between investors, family, and friends, and then what was the goal after that? To try and make it a huge brand, or were you just trying to add it to your guys' personal brands? No, it was. It, it had nothing to do with our personal brands. Actually, this was this one. We uh, it was it was to create a business that that could be successful and uh, yeah. potentially sell. Right, and, and that was another. That was a big lesson we all learned also is like when you're asking people for money, the first thing they're going to ask you is how do I make my money back? Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, I didn't know. I was just like, yeah, you give me money. We create a business. It's profitable. And we pay people. I had no idea, you know? So like really for us and how we were going to do it, 
uh, we had to sell the company to make to to pay everybody their their return. Yeah, basically. So we, I mean, we had to tell them that from the beginning. This is our path. This is what we're doing. And then it just became like painting the picture on how to how to do that. And that's a very like like it 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 wasn't as simple as like we raised money and then we sold it right like like Josh who was my partner and Paul. Josh stepped away from management completely and he was spearheading the business. Josh and I would talk every day what was going about what was going on, but Josh was the one that was in the building, uh, operating, making it happen while, while Paul and I uh, like still had careers. You guys were just part of it. Yep. Yeah. So, so basically I was, uh, so Josh and I sat on the board together with, uh, we had another board member, we had three board members. Basically, I, I, I was a part of all major decisions, everything that was going on. I just physically couldn't be there with him. Uh, skating. skating. Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, it was a great, ex- I mean, dude, it was, it was, it was a great experience in so how much we learned. The um, guy who was your manager and mm-hmm. one of the board member. And then we had, basically when we, when we raised money from all our investors, our investors picked one of the investors to sit on the board to represent the investors. What was the experience like having an investor and that whole process? You know what? I think at that point it was probably a little different than most people because the majority of our investors were skaters and surfers and snowboarders. Right. I mean, dude, it was good. I mean, dude, they were all my friends. I had such a good relationship with them that like skaters and surfers aren't like, they're kind of laid back in a sense of like, or maybe like it could be a good thing and a bad thing on our end. It was good for us. Cause they weren't on top of you like a VC. Yeah, exactly. But I think if that money came from, from a VC, it, it probably would have been a different structure for us. Yeah. On the flip end of that, raising money from your friends and family is, a you're putting a lot of risk on yourself more than just money, that can ruin right? relationships. I mean, dude, it's like my dad gave me like, dude, like amount of money that like, I, I, I would change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like my dad gave us money. My father in law gave us money. Like your my uncle gave us money. It was like my family gave us money. So it was like, you feel, you know, for me, I felt responsible for all my friends and family that I knew that gave us money. And then uh, Josh, felt, I mean, dude, Josh felt had, I mean, dude, just like all of us, there was just a lot was more that? pressure. How scary was it having to have that burden on you that? My dad invested. My wife's dad invested. If this fucks up, it's on me. Dude, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's yeah. heavy, but it's heavy. But when you believe in it, you like we had confidence in this. I, 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 I truly believe that we could succeed doing this. And so that gives you a little bit. It just gives you peace at doing it that like, hey, man, we're going to make this happen. And I will say this when when you're raising money from your friends and family, don't ever take, even if they want to give you more, only take the amount that if you lose, it won't affect your friendship, right? So and whatever they and understand, even, they can lose. And, you'll and, still- and and that was really the message that I kind of said to everyone. I was like, hey, look, I, I, don't give me, like, there is risk involved in this. And if, if you lose, if we, if we lose your money, don't let it affect your, don't let it change the whole kind of trajectory of your life, really. You know, so I would recommend that to anybody like and especially everything I do, everything I've done and am continuing to do when I raise money from people that I know, that's the first thing I say to them is like, I'd love for you to be involved. I believe this is going to be, you know, very successful, but 
only give me the amount that that if if it's lost, it doesn't affect our friendship. Because at the end of the day, that's that's truly what's important to me is like relationships and like I really like winning with everybody. I don't I don't I'm uh, you know I I just think it's more fun that way. Yeah. But that means you lose with people too, right? So it's just like don't don't take on more than more than that because you don't want that'll affect you. Yeah, you don't want everyone to put all their money in one basket just because they like you. But then, well, yeah, and you think about it, man. When you, it's like when you're raising money, man. You're painting this picture, and you're really selling this vision and idea. And and especially when you start getting good at it, dude, it sounds really good. Right? Yeah. And and you know, how people are, dude. People, it's 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 natural for us to get greedy, right? It's natural for us to like want more. So it makes it really easier for people to be like, this is that. Yeah, I know you told me that. I'm not even thinking about it. Just take as much because I want as much as I can get. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you know how it goes. Everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon before it's gone. Yep. Yep. It's that yep. whole fear of missing so. out thing. Yep. What do you think? Um, so you did that for a couple of years. It ended up getting acquired like your goal so you could pay back your investors. What was that experience like? Like realizing I did the skateboarding thing. I'm doing the skateboarding thing. I'm successful at that. But also I just created this brand and in a couple of years flipped it for a profit. To tell you the truth, the biggest, there were two major, I think, emotion, two major emotions I felt and milestones in my life. Right. And, and one giving like making somebody money and giving something back to somebody it it is the best feeling ever right like yeah. like with my dad right like i mean dude that bettered his life right he's able to retire earlier same with my it's like you want to change people's lives and that is by far the best feeling that i got from this whole thing and same with josh and same with paul that i think as a collective that was the best right and then the the biggest kind of takeaway that kind of changed my whole mentality on this was that was the point where I really realized, okay, now I don't have to be so worried about what I'm going to do after skateboarding. Now I know I can achieve things in other spaces. And it took this like, you know, like pro skaters are so scared about the day it ends. This is the most terrifying thing for a pro skater. Do you think that's true of all professional athletes? Like, you know, you only Um, years at tops. No, I actually don't. I think it's, I think most athletes, and, and this is going to kind of contradict itself because 90% of pro athletes go bankrupt, but yeah. most pro athletes, like they can play their cards right, not even conservative, just right and not have to work again, right? You're talking about so much more money that you can become financially free and set if you just aren't an idiot, right? Yeah. But with skating, it's, you know, it's not enough money right? You can't make enough to even put yourself in a position to not do anything after. So for us, it's just like, what the hell is, what are we going to do? And it's like the most frightening thing for a skater. And so for me, even though I was still skateboarding professionally after that happening, it just, it gave me so much more confidence that, okay, that like day when that ends, it's going to hurt from like a ego standpoint, Yeah. but it's no longer this like, what am I going to do now? It's like, okay, I can do it. Now I just need to figure out what I want to do. Not what do I have to do to keep my family getting ready and all that kind of stuff to maintain this lifestyle. Totally. That's crazy. So just a couple more questions before we wrap up, but what's your sort of my, like you've done a successful company, you've done skateboarding, you're still sort of doing both. What do you see for the next couple of years for yourself? I'm doing two companies I'm launching right now. One of them is a uh, online learning platform, and the other is a real estate uh, investment and development company. So for me, my 
I think it's going to be longer than two years. I think my next 10 years are going to be this. Uh, and then I have like a, this like really far out long time goal or like end goal I want to do, but that one's more kind of broad. Yeah. (laughs) What's that end goal? Loosely, uh, my end goal really is, uh, I want to do something to change the foster system really at the core of it. Like, you know, like these kids who are given no chance and have like, they're instilled instilled with such this like negative belief and they're not going to be anything and they have no love and no guidance. I want to build something that like combats that. And, and it's like this new, like maybe it's an Academy. I don't know what it is, but like really what, what, where it all came, where the idea came is like, my wife is really like, it's really on her heart to adopt or to foster. Right. Yeah. And for me, like it was like the X-Men movies, right? Like the, uh, Xavier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I was like, you know what, what if we could take these kids that nobody wants, right. And basically break down all this bullshit that they've been taught up until this point and just like wipe it out and then create these, like saying super people is not right, but create these like incredible leaders for our community, whether it's in business or teaching or whatever it is. Right. And, and, I haven't spent a lot of thought on how I'm realistically going to do it. I just know I want to do that. And to me, these two things I'm doing now are the two vehicles to get me to that place where why I want to do an online learning platform, which to me is my first step into teaching or an academy or this club. Right. And uh, the real estate for me is like a, it's more of like, I'm passionate about it. And, and I love how much this industry really fits my my personality. So really those are the two things that I'm focusing on with an end goal of, uh, this like kind of, uh, I don't know what it is, what it's going to be yet. Commune, something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my overall end goal. It's just still loose. (laughs) And what's been the feeling to you, like going from having your own sneaker, having your own brand, like having this huge empire, I guess you could say like being so famous for skating, to sort of obviously you still have a huge profile with like over a million followers on all of your platforms, but moving more towards the not so sexy skateboarding industry towards the entrepreneurship and business space. Like what's your feeling been sort of getting a little bit out of the public spotlight for the time being? Do you know what's weird, man? Like I, I think like, and I don't know why I've just always kind of been drawn to it, but like, the entrepreneurial space. And like, I've always loved like leaders. I've always been drawn towards leaders, right? Even like, like when I look at like who my favorite skateboarders were or or the the pro skateboarders had the biggest impact on me, they were all skaters that own their own brands, right? It was like Jamie Thomas and Mike Carroll and Steve Barron. It was Andrew Reynolds. It, It was like, I always resonated with people that were doing more than just skateboarding. And so for me, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm ex- it's more of like, I, I, I don't think I'm stepping away from something that's not as cool. I think I'm moving into something that's like equally as cool. It's just yeah. different. And it's you also know? a rising space. Like you look at it's, the entrepreneurship space and it's getting huge. Do you know what it feels like, man? O- the entrepreneurial space feels like skateboarding did when I when first you got started. in. And, yeah. And, and, and my co-founder and uh, my partner with uh, our learning site, we talk about it all the time. He was a skater also. And, and we, dude, we talk about it all the time. This new space that, that, that is this 
feels just like skating did back then. It's like we feel like we're creating sponsoring tapes again. And that's it's just crazy. Like, if yeah, you so jumped in at the right time, both. Yeah. So it's, it's just been like it, it's really fun. And, and I like the challenge of having to change. Right. It's like like even though it's like I'm transitioning from like everything being skateboarding and being focused more into business, it is a transition and it is tough and hard. And I like that stuff. I like like having to figure out how to move forward, how to why is this happening? How can I fix it now? Move forward. You know, I, I that's what kind of drives me. 100%. So, and it all kind of goes back to that post I was talking about, like the last six months have been maybe the most exciting six months of my whole life, you know? It's Even been, though it would seem been, like it's been depressing it, because you have where, where if you like if you ask like a, a skateboarder or a pro skateboarder outside looking in on me, they might go, God man, yeah, that that six months of, of Mikey, I don't ever want to experience that. That's yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm like, dude, this I'm is amazing. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's know? crazy. It's all perspective, right? It, it I mean, dude. I have a stronger feeling about that than anything now. I think I think it's like 80% mindset. I think it's only 20% like skill or trait in the space you're going to. And I think the other 80% is all based on mindset, outlook, and basically just drive, you know? A hundred percent. That's kind of where I'm that that's that's where I'm at. The the more and more I dive in, that's the more and more I feel. Yeah. So for anyone watching on replay or watching, thanks again. But before we wrap up, what would be your number one piece of advice for anyone watching this, whether they're entrepreneurs or skaters, anyone just trying to get known, build up their brand or just get started. Do you want to focus on brand, like building a brand or yeah, do you want to just, yeah. I mean, if you had to start this, over today, if I had to start over today and, and thankfully I kind of just did this without even knowing in the beginning, I, you have to be authentic to yourself, right? It's and Gary V touched on this the other day. It's like, don't get so caught up on likes and views because then you start creating content that isn't true to you and you start getting people that aren't following you because of you, right? So it's like, first and foremost, you got to figure out who you want to be. And, and I've always believed like, like envision your perfect life, envision what you want to do and then start mapping out how to achieve that and then do it, right? And, and if you're building this brand, it's like, what do you want to be? How do you want to talk? How do you want to communicate and start there and do that? And once you have that figured out, then you start taking all these steps to like grow your following, whether it's like, you know, the dollar 80 rule, yeah. or it's like networking with people, or it's like collabing with people, or it's like you start going through like the actual tools to build your following. But dude, you have to start with like who you want to be, or you're going to create this fake brand. And in three years, if you ever want to do anything else, they're not coming with you. Exactly. Like what we said last week, you'd rather have a hundred people that love you than 10,000 people that sort of like you. To a hundred percent. And I've, I've, I actually take that same view in business. It's like me personally, I'd rather own 10% of something enormous than a hundred percent of something real small. And, and, and I've, I've really, it all goes back to team, team building. Like I've always enjoyed doing things with my friends and, and enjoying the ups and downs with this, this group of, that's just, it's so much more enjoyable to me. Um, and so I kind of follow that same rule. Like it's just, to me, I, I want to do what makes me happy. It's never been about like these, 
material things, you yeah. know? And what makes me happy is doing rad shit with people. Exactly. So thank you again for coming on. We're definitely going to do another one of these soon. And we're going to do another one of those Instagram ones soon. But well, I'm going to get you on my podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get your podcast up and running. We're going to kill that. So I'm going to move into interview. I'm going to have to interview you, man. I'm going to have to really we're gonna have to flip this. That's going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> totally. But for all you guys watching, thank you again and stay tuned. We'll be doing more of this for sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for joining us on 20 Under 20s, where we interview the teenagers of Generation Z who are making an impact in business. To get behind-the-scenes advice from our guests and to receive the 10 best pieces of advice ever given on the show, visit 20under20s.com. That is 20under20s.com and sign up to receive the tips. Also, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. It makes a huge difference and I really appreciate it. Thanks and see you next time on 20 Under 20s with Jesse Kay.